Welcome back to the Character Corner Podcast. It's your host, Chris, here with D-Palm. And after uh, some detours, uh, we are back with part three of our Into the Hickmanverse series. We are jumping right in here. It's hard to say the meat of, of, of the stuff, but it's really when things really start to, I think, really start to come together. You start seeing a larger craziness that is Jonathan Hickman. We are starting part one of part three of our Hickmanverse, talking about the Fantastic Four. His Fantastic Four run. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been really... We've covered this before, yes. but I don't think we've covered it in... We haven't really... Every time you read this, I, I, get a different, I, I get different things from it. And this time we're really covering this from the idea of the larger Hickmanverse, larger picture of things that he's setting forth, not just in the story he's currently telling, but Hickman does a really good job of not just beginning with the end in mind, but beginning with the, the, the beginning of the next story he's going to tell in mind, which is honestly terrifying when you start linking things together and going like, wait, we're talking about this already, but that doesn't happen for another. What the, <laughs> tell you, were you even told you were going to do that? That series? Like what the fuck is going on here? Um, so we're going to jump into this. Uh, before that, uh, we do want to go through and read uh, some of the reviews we have on iTunes. This might be a repeat. We haven't done this in a while. So uh, we're going to read all the ones that we've gotten in 2021 just to be on the safe side. Uh, so Deepon, do you want to go ahead and. Of course. Our first one's from March 11th. Hemi Man gives us two thumbs up. I do appreciate that. It says great pod. Um, Racer2x1. Fun, fun, fun. When I listen to the character corner, it's the type of conversation I wish I could have with a group of friends. And this is the next best thing like any podcast I listen to on the regular. I appreciate it. And on June 24th, Antonio Agosto said, once more, I finally went back to work. And these episodes have been keeping me sane. I'm really waiting for a Grant Morrison JLA or Black Lightning Character Corner. I know you guys got Williamson's Flash on deck. I love you for doing this. Once again, gentlemen, be well and stay leaving reviews. Again, five stars on iTunes. We will read them on the air. And I got to say, I didn't write this because I know that you're thinking I did with the Morrison JLA thing. I know you're... you're that was, like, that that's that's on the list, though. Morrison JLA is on the list. So yes, it's on the list. Also... And Williamson's writing Batman. Yeah. yeah mm, and, I, and I know... Yeah, so we got... And, I saw that Williamson is writing Batman, and you guys know how we feel about the Williamson Flash run. So, yeah, we're. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> it's right. about to get awesome. I, right. Again, we talk about this all the time. It's a great time to be a comic book fan, a great time to be a comic book reader. And in doing this reread, which for me, I talk about Hickman stuff all the time, but this is where I usually land on talking about it or time runs out. I don't think I'm stretching this when I say this might be my favorite comic book run of all time. Yeah, it's particularly on reread. I mean, every time I reread this run, it is incredible because there's so many different angles you can take from it. I mean, at its core, with all the crazy multiverse and time travel and all the other stuff that's going on here, it's a story about family. It's a story about fathers and sons. It's mm-hmm. a story about the great Marvel, Marvel ethos. With great power comes great responsibility. I'm glad you read the Dark Reign lead-in, the five issue miniseries we're going to talk about because. If you want to know, like, this reads a little different than the read I've read in the past, that's why. Mm-hmm. Dark Reign, that five-issue miniseries, when he says it hubris or honesty, say that I'm the only one who can fix all this. Yeah, that, and, and, and it gives you... So the Dark Reign um, miniseries is also, I feel like, is essential reading for many reasons. One is that, but it's also, especially when you get into <laughs> later, when you get into the, the, the Avenger stuff we do, uh, when we hit that, that part of the Hickman stuff, 
it's also you're you're getting this idea of you know how did how did Reed get to this point? Where where did the bridge come from? Like all these different things that start coming up and popping up, it starts here. And like you said, it's it starts with Reed coming to an understanding that I'm the only one that can fix this. I I it's the 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 basically what happens is he builds his bridge. He he he, he builds well, his. Let, let, let me give let me give some some background before we get. We got someone just tipping in the first issue right. episode here. Excuse me. Give some background on how we got here. So we've talked about episode one was us talking about shield and his, secret history of the world. Excuse me, secret warriors mm-hmm. and the 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 quiet war of Nick Fury. You got kind of pieces and bits and pieces of the larger Marvel universe. Episode two was about Shield, the secret history of the world, which it's a lot. Can't really summarize. And now we're going to talk about Fantastic Four. For those of you who are longtime Fantastic Four fans, want to know kind of some of the framing of the things we're going to talk about. We're coming off of Millar and Hitch's run now. Does Mark Millar lick goats? Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> Will you leave those twelve issues underwhelmed and you know, kind of disappointed? You will. But should you be mad at Brian Hitch about it? Absolutely not. The art's beautiful. Don't let him be sold by you. Um, so for the things you need to know about from that run for this run is Mark Millar had um, created on the opposite side of the sun a new world where refugees from the future were hiding and living and trying to build their own new society. He also reintroduced the idea that Val is very, 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 very smart. Probably smarter than Reed. Yes. Extremely smart. And while Millar wrote her kind of an insufferable prick, Hickman splits the baby, says she's that smart, but she still has the emotional intelligence of the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, if you want to know well, why this Val feels different, that's why that is here. Um, Fall of the Hulks is a book you shouldn't read. Jeff Loeb wrote it, and I love Jeff Loeb because he wrote good things, but man, Jeff Loeb. Um, Greg Pak, take it or leave it. There, one of the big cruxes of that miniseries is they made Dr. Doom dumb. That's all you need to know going into this. Lastly, War of Kings. I would say you should read War of Kings because it's the um, heels of the Annihilation Saga. It's kind of the final salvo in the Marvel Cosmic under Dan, uh, Abnett and... Uh, I'm- uh, and uh, and I believe we covered it when we talked about the Inhumans. Yes, because that's where uh, Black Bolt uh, advances to being the king, the Midnight King, uh, War of Kings 1 through 6. But that's giving the idea that the Inhumans are no longer on the planet Earth, the humans as you know them or not. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of the framing I wanted to give. But yes, let's talk about Dark Reign. Let's talk about the bridge. So as, we, as we've always said, Reed is very smart. And the thing when you're when he's the thing about what drives Reed is if if Tony again there's there's a bunch of really smart people in the MCU well MCU in in Marvel right <laughs> yes um in Marvel comes a lot of very smart people each of them uses has their own vices when it comes to using their intelligence Tony for instance Tony Stark he's a builder Tony can't help but build right like say whatever you want about what he is. That dude can build the shit out of something. Mm-hmm. Reed's vice is the fact that he has to solve the problem. If there's a problem, Reed is like, there's a solution for that problem. And he does, like, he's the guy, and, and it's not even like, well, we're going to cheat, right? This is not the, um, 
Kobayashi Maru where, well, you know, I'm going to hack in and I'm going to cheat mm. so we can. No, 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 no. It's like, no, no, no. I can save everyone because we just haven't thought about it. Maybe we got, maybe that means I go back in time and pull in other pieces of uh, so, other. Yeah. Like that's there's the a great quote from issue one of Dark Rain that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed says it here. Most people don't know how to solve problems. They tend to be overly concerned with how difficult their choices are or the complex nature of their specific predicament. Or if they have even have it within them to find a solution in a limited amount of time. And while for most people, these are valid concerns, they overshadow the reality of one inherent truth. There is no problem that cannot be solved. Woo! Like, that, that's how a fucking mission saving from Hickman on what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Not just Avengers, right. but like, not just Avengers, but also Avengers. Right. And so... He builds this, this device called the bridge that allows him to basically peek into the multiverse and, and, and observe events that and 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 how other other uh places in the multiverse have addressed some of the problems he faced and the first one he visits remember this is right off the heels of civil war right well it's actually actually not right it's actually off the heels of secret invasion and so he goes back and is like where i need to figure out where we're all being wrong and he decides the first thing is to look at well how did how did these other worlds solve the issue of civil war which which led to which he sees as the one of the catalysts that leads to some of the other things that eventually lead us to secret wars and going forward from there, mm-hmm. and um, he starts observing it, and you get these interesting uh, tidbits, right? Like in some worlds, it's like, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Tony Stark wasn't uh, wasn't like a main player in the conflict between uh, the superhero communities and things like that. In some worlds, they did enact the super uh, the superhero reservation. In one of them, I think they removed. I, I think was that the one. I think he was tasked and he removed all the super uh, superheroes' powers. Well, that's and, yeah, yeah. Well, the other one where he gave every, everyone had access to powers, yeah, or no one had powers, yeah. So he was going through all these these things and 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 and. and and trying to figure out what the catalyst is. Uh, we'll get to the one where you find an interesting piece about the Illuminati. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Cause... Yeah, but, but you're right. When he starts dealing with the superhero civil war, he says there's one constant in all 418 peaceful models. Mm-hmm. I acted alone. Yeah. And he's like, well, it can't be that simple. It can't, <laughs> can it just be that simple that I alone can solve all which, the world's problems? Which is the difference between Reed Richards and most of these other people. He's a good man. He was like, that can't be right. Right. Doom would have been like, of course, that's the only way it worked. <laughs> right. Even Reed, even Tony would have been like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Right. You know, I am the smartest man in the world. So and Reed's like, I, that can't be true. Right. He won't accept it. Yeah. He won't accept it. So he must dig. So he's like, got to dig deeper. Got to find other variables. And there's got to be other things in place. Um, and one, he starts looking at, you know, all the, um, all the worlds that enact that had the Illuminati form, right? Illuminati and, and a civil war. Yeah. Uh, and then also a new piece, which is 67 earths. Yeah. Um, so let's see, I learned that only 67 earths that had suffered through both a superhero, uh, so, uh, Superhero civil war and a creation of the Illuminati with no peace. The truth of the why was even more determined than the evidence. Case study Earth 976. The world's read convinced Tony Stark that if they had a larger interest of the planet in mind, they should include the members who were best who could protect it best. It's a lot of a solidified front, a common cause to unify the most ambitious of us is something greater. A primary catalyst that affected everyone. Yeah, it, it, yeah. By the uh, let's see, uh, and oh, I didn't have the one after that where he basically realizes that the Illuminati is a bad idea and then kills them all. Went <laughs> on the oh, first... before, the one before that one is he unleashes the Phoenix on the Scroll Homeworld. Yeah, 
And then he kills her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, all right. And I think at one point he goes, you know, it, it, you know, they're happening, but what, what, what is, what is, what is, what is truth? Wait, what is, what is, what is success? Right. Cause at one point he's like, well, maybe my, I'm defining success as wrong. Cause like, well, if the success is, well, we kill half the planet. Well, right. maybe we need to refine it's technically, it's technically the parameter of peace. Right. It's, it is peace. We did know peace. I'm like, mm, got to redefine peace. Got to redefine these things and stuff like that. Um, and one of the key things that happens is at one point he's visited by other hymns. Which you get yep. the Council of Reeds, which is basically a bunch of because I think at one point the primary puts in, well, how many others built a bridge, right? Because that's the, that, that's the last thing he does. He's about to destroy. It. He says, "Wait, now I'm curious." Right? How many other instances did were there worlds where I created a bridge to actually look into this to try to solve everything, right? And, and this is, if you had a criticism of the run, this is kind of where you could see the seeds of it. Because you can see Hickman's got a very good voice for Reed and the other parts of the, the miniseries, and an excellent voice for both Val and Franklin. Mm-hmm. But he kind of shunts the other three sideways through time mm-hmm. in space. But we also get a peek at this panel that I cut out and put on Twitter this morning. Also, it's, it's a vision of a version of Reed through the multiverse who's become the supreme intelligence. All societies fall. We failed to deal with this threat adequately. We compromised our beliefs and accepted corrupt leadership. We tolerated inner decay. We chose peace instead of a conscientious society. A black heart grew within the body of our state, and we tried understanding it instead of eradicating it. Now it is too late. This cancer will kill us all. And if that wasn't some prophetic shit for the real world, written in 2009, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he's, um, he's, 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 he's finally visited. He's, he's visited by the Council of Reeds. He's visited by um, the other... Actually, no. The Council of Reeds happens in the actual... After. At the very, no, it happens at the, happens the very end. Very end. He's yeah. taking it apart, and they say, you yeah. know you're going to build it back. Hurry back. It, how much worse can things get before you get here? Before that happens, Norman Osborne tries to storm the Baxter building. The family holds him off, and Franklin shoots him with a toy gun. But it's not such a toy. And that's your first problem. Right. Because it's a toy gun, but Norman actually gets shot. And again, it's one of those things that kind of... Because um, even at one point, Johnny's like, what do you want me? This is a toy gun. It's not, it's not a real gun. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what happens to a toy gun. And this is the first indication, cause, and Galaxus is later on when he tells the Reed that we have to talk we about your son. About we, your we need to talk about your kid. Um, Franklin's powers are back. Oh, buddy. You want to go into a little bit of why that's a problem. Just Okay, so long story, moderately less long. Franklin Richards, um, in a lot of realities, is obviously the child of Susan and Reed Richards, but he's also a fantastically powerful mutant, um, an omega-level mutant who has the power of manipulate reality. Real world, not real world, but real in-continuity implications of this have been included, but not limited to the creation of Counter-Earth, when um, the heroes were born, were shunted sideways after the onslaught incident. Excuse me. Um, he created a whole other reality for them to live in, and kept inside a blue ball that he carried around for eight months. Yeah, that's terrifying. That was a child with that kind of power. 
Uh, they put blocks on his power. He burned it out or whatever they were saying had happened. Um, and so for the last few years of the Marvel comics, Franklin's been a precocious, if but not totally normal little boy. Um, in some alternate realities, he becomes the, the character known as Hyperstorm. Um, in the Days of Future Past realities, he marries uh, Rachel Summers and their child. Um, I forget the child's name, but he becomes a time traveling villain and comes back. And there's a problem for the FF in the 80s. The bottom line is Powered Franklin's terrified and has no upper limits to the things that he can do. A fact that you should remain cognizant of for basically the entire run. Yes. Yes. So, um, so you get your first hint, and, and that's why the first five issues of uh, that that miniseries are so important because they really do set the groundwork for what you're about to get when you get the Fantastic Four series started by Hickman. That runs from what's it? Uh, seven. Uh, well, we're covering five seventy to five eighty eight. Um. Yeah, so that's what we're we're covering now. We're just coming the first uh, eighteen issues plus those five, but that gives you the 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 the, the first set, right? You know, Reed has built the bridge, and was told by and when he told because basically what happens is when he he builds this bridge, um, when Norman and the Thunderbolt storm the Baxter building. They cut the power, which cuts the failsafe because the the bridge is using too much power, which basically shunts uh, um, uh, Ben, Susan, and and uh, Johnny throughout the, the throughout time. The multiverse and, and different it gets very very weird for them. All while uh, like Reed is stuck in this time bubble, bubble just looking at what's happening on yeah, going like he's like leisurely turning pages yeah, mm, and they're interesting. just suffering yeah, through yeah, all mm, these interesting mm, interesting that eh. meanwhile like oh. like there's all the other stuff going on around the building and then val and val and, and and franklin are literally holding off norman osborne and venom and all like it's 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 yeah so when he val outsmarts norman yeah when when all this comes down yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so good um when 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 it when it all come when it all comes down um and it's over and Reese telling Susan about all the stuff she says that's great babe shut it down i feel like this is probably not something good we should probably promise me that you're going to you're going to destroy it and he says okay but that's when you get the reveal that he before he had he we we get to this point he had asked for the, the, the one last parameter about how many other places had built a bridge, and that's when he's confronted by the Council of, of Reeds. So he, mm-hmm. he, does, he does take it apart, but he rebuilds it in a secret room in the Baxter building, in his own little secret, in a secret room in his, a secret room in his own secret lab. <laughs> he has a secret lab, but then that secret lab has his own secret room that he, he rebuilds. Idea 101, with. solve everything. Right, with the problem of solve everything, right? And so that's the backdrop we have when we actually start uh, the Fantastic Four, the proper Fantastic Four run for it, for Hickman with, with 570. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And right out the gate. And yeah, it doesn't ahead. open with a bridge. It doesn't open with superpowers. It doesn't open with Doom. It doesn't open with the Baxter building. It opens with Reed Richards and his father playing in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And Reed saying, I'm too scared to jump. And, and Nathaniel saying, it's okay to be afraid, it's okay to fail. 
But if you're to say that you're not even willing to try, that's unacceptable, Reed. And it's a theme that keeps being revisited through this book. Um, and yes, we're talking about in larger universe and how it fits in all the myriad of moving pieces that this psychopath put in place in 2009 and paid off eight years later. Mm -hmm. But it's also a book about fathers and sons. Mm -hmm. And the embracing of destiny or running from it. It's, it's, I, this is my favorite. Like, this is superhero comic book, single run. This is it. it I'll, yeah, this is my run. Mm -hmm. um, and even the first arc is the first issue is about uh, the wizard mm -hmm. and his progeny, his children who keep disappointing him. The clones. The clones. <laughs> um. And you get just read being read, like popping off, translocating to find the wizard. Our mistakes, like in the, the conversations between them, it's very interesting to see just how smart they both are. Mm -hmm. You've done the math, time's running out. You see, Reed put his kids to bed. It's the first issue for me is a perfect launching point for a Fantastic Four run. You get obviously the lens of Reed and kind of the larger story we're telling. You get Johnny trying to cheer up Ben by taking him to. And all expenses paid vacation mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to New, World. New World, which guys has it was maybe it? do make a make a call first. Yeah, you know maybe call, especially when you know time changes differently on New World. It's like we were just here last week. It's been like hundred years. Like, what are you guys talking about? Things of things of things of you know, it's turned into Hunger Games over here, guys. Like, <laughs> I, I love how he writes John and Benny or Johnny and Ben. You know, pick a different envelope. Hey, these all say the same thing. Like, yep. They do. You're welcome. Johnny's so much smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get the, the, the thing that kicks off this entire arc, the thing that kicks off this entire run, the thing that gets in Reed's mind, like you said, he has the idea he has to solve it. Because of something the wizard said when he was apprehending him. You pretend that there's something wrong with me, but I know you see the same things that I do. Math is a language of God, Richards. We've both done the calculations. This world's going to tear itself apart, and there's nothing either of us can do to stop it. We've been judged. Now, part of me was like, oh, he's talking about this current arc in this world, that's what ties to the bridge. Mm -hmm. Chris, the more I think about it, he's talking about incursions, isn't he? Dude, so, and this is why I wanted to do this, the whole run again, because, like you said, there's, there's so much context that's added in here when you read it for, when you're reading the first time, you're right, yeah, you're just talking about the current run, but this goes back to what I was saying before, but, Hickman always seeds things early in his runs that are picked up later on or fleshed out later on in his next story he's telling in Marvel. And so I'm with you. Not only this, there are several other times when other, oh, for sure. like a lot of other times when other characters are talking about the same thing and you're like, oh, it's just this run. We're just talking about this current thing here. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Knowing what comes after this, everybody's talking about the heat death of everything, the incursions, mm -hmm. the destruction of the mold. Like, oh my gosh, we're talking everything, about the, everything with future Franklin. Well, I'm even thinking about this. It's like when we go all hope lies in doom, I'm like, well, actually guys, cause doom does kind of pull. Doom saves it all. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, yes. In the context of the current run, yes, all those things are there and you can say, cool, fine, whatever. But in the larger scheme of things, I'm like, the more and more I think about it, it's like, no, he's talking about things that don't, don't really get paid off until like, 
you know, the new the Avengers New Avengers stuff or even Secret Wars. And I'm like, fuck. And then and then you start thinking of me even further. I'm like, I mean, we could go further than that. Like, I see some of the stuff in X Men. Like, I'm like, yes. Oh my god! It's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> like, you start having it's a one meeting. of those things. When you read it, you like want to put down the book and like step away for a second. Like, yes. <laughs> Wait, you, check, you check the date. It's it like, is, when was this written? Me right now. <laughs> Wait, what are we? What are you, when, when was this written? Because no. No. And so it's got me thinking, you know, and we'll talk about this when we get further into the Hickman series we're doing. And we get into like X-Men. We know his X-Men run's coming to an end soon, but he's not done at Marvel. So now oh, it's he's like... Stay, he's staying on the X-Books as like the overseer. He's just not going to be writing monthly over there. Exactly. But what I'm saying is like, so what that means, but he's, all, but he's also not leaving Marvel, which means, right. so what, what's the next series you're writing? What do you? Oh, they, he already knows. Apparently, they just haven't announced it yet. They know. No, no, I, I know that, but I'm, I'm asking for myself. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, what, are you, you know, what are you doing? What are you? I don't. You just read. Okay, you've done Fantastic Four. You've done Avengers. You, you, you've done. You done. You, you, you did the X Men. Nigga, I'm terrified. What are you doing next? Like, I am terrified. You have read. He's reading. Right, Tony Stark. Nigga. Oh. Let Hickman write Tony. Let's just see what I, we saw him doing in Avengers. He did no, he did no, very well no. See, terrifying. This is, this is this is. Damn it, man! What? No, you. What did I do? <laughs> because I know how you wrote him in Avengers, and now I'm like a whole si- <sighs> see. Don't get my hopes up like that. Don't do that. Don't. don't. I'm super villain. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, because here's the thing. Why have we just won? We could have super villain Tony. We could have. I mean, come on. Like this is oh, okay. No, let me stop. Let's focus on what's here and now for right now for for this. But like, no, you're right. Which it's, is hard to do with Hickman. It is hard because because well, well I'll, I'll give you this, and we're, we're gonna jump around a little bit and 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 this like you know these issues we're we're reading writing this from the beginning of the Hickman writing Fantastic Four starting with Dark uh, Dark Rain all the way up to the first end, which is the death of Johnny Storm. Right. Which is a uh, five eighty eight, oh. um, and but there's so many things that happen in between here that we're gonna jump around because honestly, it doesn't even make sense to do Hickman linearly anyway. <laughs> so us no, jumping around the story we're telling you is definitely out of order. It's it definitely out of order, and so it's fine with that. So the the thing that I um that I love the 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 most is just. The way that they they he he plays with what you think you know, right? And um, one of the the big things here is kind of dealing with the four cities, and so you start bringing together this larger idea of thing. You have um old Atlantis, you have uh the Universal uh, Inhumans, uh there's <laughs> the Analysis Ray Wave out of uh the Negative Zone, and um yeah. what was the um. Uh, what was the name of the uh, high evolutionary? The high evolutionary, high evolutionary city. city. Was it the Forever City? Yes. Yeah, the Forever City, right? And so you have that, and then when you look at the Forever City, and you start looking at this, you look at the High Evolutionary. We talked about him before because we were dealing with that when we talked with Scarlet Witch and 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 talking about those there. But other thing thing here comes in is it ties directly back to something we saw in um, Shield, and I can't remember. What's the issue where we really see the because we get uh, the Franklin Richards from the future, 
when do we finally see Nathaniel Richards? It's a little bit. It's uh, like five eighty or something like I that. I want to say it's no. It's it's. Uh, it's got to be yeah, probably one eighty or five eighty. I should say. I think so. Let me see. And the reason why that to me was the oh shit moment here is because this is where you like we you you get some subtlety in some subtle things. It's gonna be five eighty one. Yeah, five eighty one. The reason why this is the old shit moment to me is this is where you before you were getting some tie-ins to Shield and things like that, but this is when you really get it because when Nathaniel Richard shows up to visit um, his son uh, Reed in um, when Reed is in college, and he's re- retelling the story of of what happened and why he hasn't aged at this point and. It's tied into when he had, um, when Nikola Tesla had exploded in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm-hmm. he went to touch him. And now that he's, you see it in that S.H.I.E.L.D. You see it happen in that book. You see multiple versions of Nathaniel Richard split off. And here's where you finally get the payoff and you get to told really more information about what happened there. All those Nathaniel Richards that ever existed in the multiverse get pulled into, pulled through time, and they get pulled into one place you know and that one place is being ruled by Amortis who also happens to be you know running the time various authority the TVA and so what happens from here is something that and again we don't know exactly how they're playing this out because we you know we've all seen Loki we don't know how they're all playing this on the MCU but this is why when you know when people were saying um Jonathan Major's character everybody's calling him Kang but when he was t- retelling the story, he was retelling the story of the Great Hunt. Yes. Which is literally when all of the Nathaniel Richards were basically told by Amortis, it's like, well, listen, technically you guys are all variants. We should get rid of all you guys. You know you guys belong here. But I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a fun mood, so I'll allow one of you to stay alive. Have fun at it. And so literally it becomes the Great Hunt. Where, like I was kind of talked about in the show, they all go to hunt each other down until there's two remaining. And the two remaining are, one, the Beast, and two, this Nathaniel Richards. The Nathaniel Richards that is the father of, I'm just going to say our 616 Yeah, Yeah, our Reed's the best way I've thought to describe it. Right, you know, and that's, what, and that's where he's at. So he's recruiting his son. Ben, again, both of them with other powers, and <laughs> a young Victor. A young Victor. Victor Von Doom. Um, to help him defeat uh, this other Nathaniel Richards. And oh, by the way, it's actually Doom that kills the other Nathaniel Richards. Um, yes. All hope lies in Doom. Right. And so what you find here, and I think this is a good point, because this also goes back to what we were saying about this series being a story about fathers and son. One of the, the, the and, and we mentioned this during the S.H.I.E.L.D. run, but this is where it happens. We mentioned the thing that makes, and, and, and it also ties into the Council of Reed, right? So one of the things that why eventually our Reed shuts down the bridge and doesn't communicate with the Council of Reed anymore, he finds out that he's told by them, listen, hey, you want to do like we do? You want to move like we move? You can't have a regular life. You can't have a family. We don't have, because he was like, yo, I can get back to the kids and, 
And Susan, they were like, oh, you still got, you still got those. Huh. Oh. And he, they break it down. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. Eventually, the kids start to hate you because you're, you're, you don't have any time for them. And Susan doesn't put up with your shit anymore. She's forgiving, but she's not that forgiving. She basically leaves you. Your kids hate you. You know, Ben and, 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 and Johnny go off on their own and don't have you. You're all by yourself. We're all you got. He's like, whoa, that price is too big to pay. The cost to fix everything is everything. Yep. Everything, everything has a cost. Everything has a price, right? And our read is like, no, I'm not giving up my family. I'm not giving up the family and, I have. And dude, go ahead. Like, as we realize, like, in the second half of this, we're going to realize why this reads so different. It's fucking hard. It's beautiful. Well, you find out here. You find out here because, um, uh, Franklin, because the idea here, you don't oh, know, yeah. you don't know, you, yeah, you don't, you don't know what Franklin, Val, and, and Nathaniel Richard are doing in this future bubble. They're trying to save something, but you don't have the full idea of what they're doing. But the idea at first they had told Nathaniel was that he would stay with them, but Franklin's like, nah, dude, you're, I'm going to kick you back here. You'll find your way out. You know where you got to go. And he's basically like, the, the, the fallout from the great hunt was because we have eliminated every single one of the other Nathaniel Richards out there and you, they've all been consumed into you, that means all those other reeds are orphans. All the other reeds don't have their father. You being alive here means that our reed, our father, is the only one that has his father and every boy needs his father, right? And that becomes a key thing here that makes our read different from every other read on the council on here and and you see it it's because it goes back to that time he spent uh in shield when he when you when you literally meet nathaniel richards he you don't see him talking to reed but you hear him say what he had to say to him which is basically like Mm -hmm. you know one i'll be back and i have to go do something important and and you see that and and again you get that Man, they give us that conversation of them in the garage. And, and damn it, you're right, yo. He's got to be riding fucking Tony. He's got to. <laughs> Fuck, man. Us, now that because Howard's like, I never talked to him. Now that I, I think about it, oh my gosh. Now that I think about it, yo, he's got to write Iron Man. Yes, right, Tony. He's got to write Tony because it's the it's the other side of this. It's the other mm-hmm. side. Oh my god. It's, like, it's you know, the same thing at the beginning of his new Avengers run. One was life, the other was death. Except he's talking about Steve and Tony, then it's really Reed and Tony. Everything lives versus everything dies. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm not yeah, saying he's got to do yeah. it right this second, but he's got, I mean, it's part of the story. It's, it's there. It's part, it goes all the way back to Shield. You're right. It's, it's, oh man. See, and this is what I love about reading this series. Like, every time you read it, you start realizing other things. You're like, oh my gosh, it's all tied together. It's all, like, this is the original <laughs> part of. This is the original part of the, the MCU's like it's all connected because here it literally is all connected. It's all there. And you start it's with all one story. It's all one story and it's all and it's all it's all one story that with as fantastical as it gets, it's so simple. Oh my gosh, our Reed makes a choice because no matter what, he's not gonna give up on his family. He's not gonna give up on his wife. He's not gonna give up on any of this stuff. And why is that there? Because his father, his father's the one that comes. Like, how does how does Nathaniel read? How does Nathaniel beat the other the other version of himself? He literally goes and recruits his son to yep. help him. Family makes you stronger. <laughs> Family makes you stronger, right? And and so that's the thing to me that, especially in the context of what we're dealing here, and it kind of goes to this idea of our read. It's 
You can say it, it, it is hubris. I'm not even going to say it. you could say it. No, it is hubris, <laughs> right? Definitely the idea that I alone can solve it all. But it's also this idea of not only can I save, uh, do, it, uh, do it alone and save it all, but like I'm also not willing. He's also not willing to make the sacrifices that some others who say that would do. It's, a different, it's one of the differences between Reed and Doom, right? Doom would absolutely say, yeah, I alone can do it all, and oh, by the way, I don't need anybody else to fucking do it. I, I alone can solve it. Reed is like, I alone, lo, alone can solve it, but part of me solving it is also getting out of the way. And so part of that is, again, going back to this whole thing, I love the moment when he's in front of um, what was the foundation he had that he, he basically ended? The fu- oh 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 the one he ended. I can't remember Sorry, the, he- the future foundation speech is one of my favorite things ever in comics. Yeah, do you have it? Do you want to read the whole Where thing? I'll pull it up really quickly. Yeah, but here it's when he decides to part of the way he's going to solve things is not just I alone can solve it, but also I also know when I don't have all the information I need and I do need the help, right? And that's part of it. And the 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 speech he gives when he decides to create the future foundation and basically put the future literally in the hands of children right which is something that and again it's something that that ties to us in reality it's like you look at this going like well maybe part of the problem with us not being able to solve some of the problems we have in the future is we're constantly relying on people that are too old who fear the future i've got the speech go ahead so it's called the Singularity Conference, and the readers introduced it this way. They bring to a close this year's Singularity Conference. Who better to send us on our way than this forum's founder and a true titan of modern science? Let's everyone welcome Reed Richards. They all clap. Reed then starts talking, and it's one of those speeches where it starts nice. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. And to think, this all started with 30 people in a small room. Just look at how much we've grown. When this conference began 10 years ago, I pictured a place where the greatest minds of a generation could come together. And not only examine the problems that currently confront us, but also aggressively look into the future to envision the direction in which humanity should be headed and boldly steer us there. In essence, to ask and then answer the hard questions. In that spirit, I want to recognize Jennifer Walters for her speech yesterday. Her keynote, the impending legal and moral dilemmas of genetic engineering, synthetically created humanity, property or person, displayed the exact sign of neglect of insight this conference was built on. Quick pause here, because... That's something else that Hickman has seeded, the idea that the AI and the Marvel Universe have rights. Yeah. And we've seen it happen, pop up a lot since then. But like that, the fact, like, sorry, I just wanted that out there. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a good, that's a good point because the, literally the only person that he gives some props to is on that. But yes. Gene, and then he roasts the rest of the room. It's unfortunate the same of such achievement cannot be said of the rest of you. Dr. Chang's speech, Approaching Infinity, The Dream of an Energy-Neutral Life, was a tour de force in neo-Luddite ideology, politics masquerading as practicality. And you, Thomas, science and social responsibility, necessary suspension of manned space missions in a global recession. Truly disappointing. I spent the weekend walking around in a daze wondering what has happened to the great men and women that helped define the legacy of this place. And then last night, I figured it out. You've grown old. Here, at the end of human history, we sit on the verge of a transformative time. Never have we lived longer, eaten better, worked less, or possessed more. We are more advanced than any other species that has ever walked on this earth. And now, with our Promethean urge truly unleashed, we stand on the precipice of scientific marvels that will catapult us into the next millennium. Despite all of this, evidence presented here suggests that most of you have never been more pessimistic for our future. You fear tomorrow. 
Throughout the day, the shock of this mindset has turned to disappointment and finally now to anger, specifically because of people like you, Dr. Clark. One billion, the optimum population of humanity, is a narrow vision of a dying man. Preserve everything. Do whatever it takes to hold, hang on a little longer. It's the speech of a coward, Douglas. The future of man is not one billion of us fighting over limited resources on a soon-to-be-dead planet, but one trillion human beings spanning an entire galaxy. The future of man is not here. It is out there. Because it's our new horizon. Because it is what's next. Standing here today, I'm faced with the questions, do I want to be Magellan? Do I want to be Columbus or Cousteau or Armstrong? Or do I want to be you? There comes a time when each generation has outlived its usefulness and must be cast aside for a new one. It's with understanding that I resigned from this body immediately because there's a fire burning within me called discovery, and I won't go back in the cave for anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, read motherfucking versions. Like, the way he roasts everyone <laughs> in that fucking room. And it is, old, washed up thinkers. I'm out. Yo, and, 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 and Douglas, like, you just gotta go home at that point, man. You, just, you gotta go home and be a family man at that point, because you get called You're out specifically. Mr. Clark, Douglas. No longer Dr. Clark. <laughs> yeah. You lost that shit. <laughs> it's, a speech of a, it's a speech of a coward, Douglas. It's like, but what's but what I love about it so much is like, and this is what I love about Marvel. And and again, DC does this sometimes too, but like mm-hmm. with Marvel in their idea of the world outside your window, tell me you don't feel that speech represents so much we see today. Right. That's why this run means like physically, emotionally means something to me because it's about the possibility, like you said, of tomorrow. Right. And and so what Reed does is this is like, you know what? Yeah, no, we got to change this up. And so he literally goes and starts the class. He's like, I teach one class, it's pass or fail. And he's brought in the most brilliant young minds on the planet to be taught and in this class, not only to teach to basically be a think tank. Right. Mm-hmm. And he gives them the opportunity. What problem, basically what problem do you want to solve the day? And, and I love it. I love when they finally tell him what the problem is. And he was like, huh, you know, I don't know if I should be, you know, proud or, or offended that you guys want to solve something that I couldn't solve. And their first problem they're going to solve is Ben Grimm solving well, the fact before, that before he does that, he tells, the wizard is planned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Whitman gives him this speech back that means so much more after everything's been written. Yes, we're on the road to Damascus, you and I. We've been blinded by brilliance. So we can finally see the truth. God's math is constant, and without variables, the results are always the same. Everything is going to burn. There'll be no tomorrow. There's nothing to save. This is all there is. Now, Chris, just like the earlier speech, it, it speaks directly to Secret Wars 9. Parts of that speech are the same thing he says to Doom in that fight. Yes. yes. You're a dying man trying to hold on to what's left. That's yes. not the future. And that's one thing I love about Hickman writing this, because it goes back to, if you have enough time, you can. So every problem has a solution. Mm-hmm. That entire viewpoint. It's naively, hopelessly, relentlessly optimistic. But it's true. It's, it's and, something that I hold true. Given enough time, we can solve these things. Well, and, it, it, and again, we're jumping ahead to... Which mm-hmm. gonna? I, I can't Show even say culminate now because we we we're definitely gonna have to cover the X Men stuff. But like, like you said, the problem like what, while Doom does come out and and save things, he does it in the way of like you said, a, a Clark going like, well, you could have you could have done so much more, but you didn't because you wanted to be in charge and you feared the future and feared not having that cow co- not having that that power and control. So look at what you did. You could have been so much more, and you're basically you're a disappointment. 
because of that. You you put your own limits on it and what you could have done, right? And and that really highlights the difference between Reed and everyone else. Reed doesn't want to solve every, and that's the thing, right? Going back to the, you know the hubris of well, I have to solve everything. Everything has a solution, right? Reed doesn't want to do that because he wants to be in charge. He doesn't do it because he wants power. He wants to do it because, well, it's a problem that can be solved, and why can't we save everyone? And there's a moment in here where um, Galactus, un, you know, very valid you know, emotion for Galactus, uh, wanting to destroy um, basically the world that uh, is eventually going to um, kill him, uh, drain his powers and kill him. Um, and Reed's like, no, there's still people on that planet. We want to save them. And, and Galactus is basically like, I mean, if you want to save your, if, you know, if you want to waste your time saving these people, then that's fine. But like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And Reed does. Reed goes and tries to, you know, save, save what he can. Because that's what Reed is. At, at, at his core, Reed is, it's a hubris. It's a, it's an arrogance. It's, it's, and so in, in being hubris and being arrogant, it is selfishness. But it's also selfishness that has a larger, greater good, right? To like, no, we can save everyone. Everyone doesn't it's, have to die. Right. It's the selfishness of the disappointed teacher. Mm-hmm. I know we're better than this. Exactly. 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 So, um... I, I teach one class, it's pass or fail. Welcome to the Future Foundation. There's nothing... Together, there's nothing we can't do. Like, it's it's some uplifting shit. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, it's the power of humanity. I... I read this stuff and I'm like, let's go take over the world. Like, I love this book, man. Mm-hmm. And this is just the beginning of the read stuff. We're not talking about Johnny floundering with no purpose or direction. Mm-hmm. Even by his first, the first time we see him in Dark Rain, he's like, I don't know, I lost all these girls' numbers. And then how does he <laughs> welcome the Annihilation Wave City on the radar? Mm-hmm. By being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And then read basically be like, Dude, the second you figure out what you're willing to die for, like, mm-hmm. come on, like that's <laughs> you, that's when you're on your way. Which, you know, the way he lays this shit out, like reading it like over and over again, I'm watching how he lays out the things that are going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. like even dealing with the impossible man. Yeah. Like it's oh, it's a, it's a it's a one issue one off. They go to a toy store. It's a vintage, uh, uh, Fantastic Four supporting character, but it's also way more than right. It's further example that Franklin's about to become a motherfucking problem. Well, the, we, you get this on Franklin's birthday. He's visited by his by himself from the future, who um, has two purposes: one, to tell Franklin to remember what he is, right? Remember, remember <laughs> what he is. Remember, remember the power you have. You don't. You, you you finally get that understanding later on, but two, he has a message for the younger Val, and. He oh. says, listen closely, because each word I say was chosen carefully, and it's just for you, Val. No one else can know this. There will be a war between the four cities. The dead must not be forgotten. The future man must return to save the past, and all hope lies in doom. And that is also the thing that's important. Again, all these things are seated so far into the series. Um, that's the entire, by the way, that's the entire run. Right. No, he I just I, told you what's going to happen. Again, this is, uh, I, I liken this to Christopher Nolan does this all the time, too. Is like up front, they tell you what the end is going to be. 
you just don't have enough information to understand what you to process the information you've got. Right? But that is what this is. Like he literally tells you the the big pieces that are coming down the line. And it's even funnier because um when I I I, I don't know why it didn't hit me until until then. But when you look at the I guess because it's it's children's crayon. When you look at actually the pictures behind it, because he's yep. saying this in front of in, in, in front of Val, as so you're looking and reading the words, you're not looking at the child's drawing behind him. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Not only did he tell you in words, he shows you in pictures what is coming down. He shows you this, and you just don't know. You he don't. He draws the symbols for all four cities. Yes, he draws the four symbols for all four cities. You see Namor there, like you see the you see the Council of Reeds. You see uh uh um um what You see uh uh Johnny. Like you see all the and then clearly see Doom, but like. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, it's all there. He told us up front what he was going to do. And you just didn't get it. You didn't understand what is happening. And so the, the big thing in this series up to the death of Johnny Storm, I guess you can kind of say as part of it is the dead uh, must not be forgotten, but really it's up to the war of the four, the, the, uh, leading up to, because we hadn't really fully gotten the war. the war between the four cities, but you're leading up to the War of the Four Cities. But you watched Val be like, wait, you say a city? Yeah. Oh, that's three. Yeah, yeah. When when <laughs> when when um when the uh the 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 um when uh, is Johnny telling her the story about how uh he had to seal off and uh he left the portal open how the analysis wave is basically uh, about to you know is is on the other side of the negative zone. She goes, Wait, did you say a city? It's like, yeah, it's like Huh, well, that makes four. I guess we're going. What are, what are you talking about? Nothing. Don't worry no. about it. Yeah, nothing. Don't worry about it. But she does the other thing, too, when she finds, again, this is the other thing, too, you find, find out very soon in this series. It's not just that Val is very, very smart and might be surpassing her dad. She flat out says, don't tell anybody, but I'm already smarter than my dad. Mm-hmm. I'm already smarter than, I'm already smarter than my dad. So I know. So she finds the bridge. That that um, Rita sh- uh, shut down and stopped going, um, and she goes through it, um, and you don't find out. You're gonna find out more about it later on, much, um, later, yeah. much later on. But it causes her to then show up to Doom's doorstep, and basically say, you know, and talk to Doom and and say that hey, my dad's gonna need your help. He doesn't know it now, but he's gonna need your help. So I want to give you something. I'm going to help you out. And I didn't know until I showed up here, but you're not as smart. Basically, you're not as smart as you used to be, right? Are you? <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of having a little diminished uh, mental capacity there. I can help you with that. And he basically goes, why would you do that? And she mumbles, all hope lies in doom. What was that? Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's like she keeps doing that in this series where she's just like, huh? Okay. Well, that's what I'm told to do. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah what? what? Oh, no, don't worry about anything. I just mumble right there. Just keep when I, when it calls, when I need you. We'll come in and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just just I hope you get back what you what you what you lost, but I'm gonna need something from you in return, right? And again, at this point, because isn't Franklin's older than her, right? Yes, Franklin's older. Yeah, how old is Val in this? Val's three. Yeah, it's a three year old, guys. It's a three year old. I just I we <sighs> keep gotta drive that home. It's a three year old. All right, who's doing all this stuff? And the fact that she's the one that was given the message by her. Her older brother from the future should just tell you. 
what we're dealing with here. And then the her older self comes and visit visit her mom later on. Has right? tea with her mom. Yeah, has some tea with her mom. Mm, forgot how good the tea was, you know? Um book. Yeah. So yeah, it's there's there's so much. So um the other thing too I, I did want to go back to is um there is the time when um one, God, I'm going through my taking some screenshots. I love the fact that when uh, they show up to Antarctica, they're all in they're, they're all dressed head to toe except for Johnny, who's basically in some fire red cowboy boots and some swim oh, flames on the side. Oh, no, flames on the side of those pantaloons. Johnny like, came to party. <laughs> Did someone order pizza? Like I just. I love it because, and this is where they 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 uh, they they um, come across the 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 old uh, city of the the old kings of Atlantis. Um, I, lo- I love those issues where they're kind of assuming the roundup of the four cities because mm. it, you really get the feel of them as explorers. Well, I, I do. I, they're imaginots. Go ahead. Right. No, and and I love the conversation that Grimm had with Mole Man when he because again the idea was some of the mol- Moloids had found the high evolutionary city and had started to. Uh, evolve, and he's like, "No, nope, this can't, this can't be." And so, I no longer want to destroy society, Grim. I don't care about the, the surface. Look at what this place has become—the fall of man, and the end of the world. I just want my kingdom, and I want it to be my, that to be mine. Talk about the Moloids again to the uh, going to the city and becoming something other than your slaves, right? Certain creatures should be content with what they are. Nobody should have to be a monster that that, that and Ben says nobody should have to be a monster that don't want to be. Did you know that the Moloids in the city refuse to pr- pr- reproduce? They did it at first, but the process they, they underwent made their children like the one that you met at the Baxter building. Just as intelligent, but they still had their old skin, a constant reminder of what they had been, so they stopped having babies. Now they only grow their numbers by absorbing my people into the city. Do you know what they, do with, they did with those children? They abandoned them in, in the area underneath the city. They left them to survive all alone. Now there are only a few left. So I ask you, which is better? Simple creatures who knew nothing more than community and the comfort of their family, or enlightened individuals who have abandoned those those things for their own personal gain. And what I love about that is that's kind of the council of reeds. There is no right. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That is that is the that is the council of reeds. It's like I mean, granted, not just for their own personal gain, but also they're thinking for the greater good. But it's still also because they have this incessant need to solve everything. So it is kind of still selfish need. Well, they've abandoned everything, not to the point of like, literally, there's only three of them, three of these kids left. And literally at one point when Ben shows up to try to rescue him, he asks one of the, the, the evolved ones, hey, where are the kids? The, he says, the, 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 I can't remember what he calls them. It's like, they're in their cages or somewhere where they belong or something like that. Like, it's, it's disgusting the way they treat them. And, and they're just as intelligent as they are, but because they look differently, they cast right. them out. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, what is the right answer to that? Who is better? Was it better for them not to have the intelligence, not kick them out? And and Reed's answer would have been like, well, neither's right. You right. know, it's a false choice. So, um, so I love that. But you're right. I love the rounds you make to the four cities because you, you you're seeing it come, and you're like, you know, this is this is all going to lead to war. But at the time they're going through, it's like it's nothing. It's not too bad. Only you know? person who knows it is Val. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I mean, you get again Namor <laughs> uh, when he shows up and he basically kills one of the, the kills one of the kings, going like, "Yeah, no, no, we um, 
we know about them. They're not good people, Susan. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but you get this moment where they're like, no, we've changed. And they make Susan their, their ruler, their leader. And Susan has that moment where she has to put Namor in his place. And, you know, he's like, yeah. he never looked more magnificent. It's like, <laughs> God, you. <sighs> so that happens in three. That's why. So what I think so brilliant about the structure of what we read this time is we get the finding the four cities, the establishment of the four cities, and then immediately thereafter, the splintering of the group. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Sue has to go to Atlantis. We also get the follow up on Val finding the bridge. Mm-hmm. And she is able to interact with her father's uh, AI because she's smarter than him. Mm-hmm. And I just love after he explains everything about I should have listened to Susan told me she was never I was never going to rebuild this machine. Oh, dad, mom is going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get kind of like the the truncated version of her going to seeing the the followed. Like, that's the other thing we didn't really touch on is that we'll talk about Trump more a second time. The council does stuff that's not necessarily great. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Once Reed opens, like, I'm not a murderer, but this morning I killed a Galactus from Earth 2012. Mm hmm. And then he says, you've seen the good we can do where they feed entire solar systems with seed planets. Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- and I, lo- I love that moment. He's like, oh, wait, wait, Reed, you think that's just one planet? You're thinking way too small. We terraform the entire system. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, in- but then the ugly is that they always seem to have not to have to. They choose to neuter doom. Yeah. Yep. And, and the, and the, the racist part. Well, in the just the that, same way they hit those kids under the city, they mind wipe dooms and hit them under the council. Yeah, and 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 that read that does this is because I because we know what doom is. I know what doom is because mm-hmm. I have I my DNA got spliced with doom. I have a little doom inside of me, right? So that issue pops up, I think, in a one shot later on, mm-hmm. where we get that dooms that that reads origin story. Mm. It's fantastic. Um. But yeah, we get the we get the, the other reeds leaving and deciding that they are going to uh and that Val's really fucked this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey, I I really fucked this up really bad. But then we get this the, the team splintering. Mm-hmm. Sue has to go to Atlantis. Reed has been beckoned by Galactus. Because uh and- Silver Surfer found the dead Galactus that he buried from the future. Not a great. You, you'd want to have that conversation before they find the back. And, and, I, and I love the super. I, I love. I love that issue where Silver Surfer finds it. Just goes like the only word he says is unacceptable. And yeah, just like, there's all this explanation before it. Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable. <laughs> it's like I'm like, and then when he shows up, it's like no, 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 no. It, it, it's a lot to explain, but I can explain it to you. It's like no, no, no. We're we're you're past explaining it to me. You gotta explain it to the big guy. And you literally see that else. Yeah, you literally see that it's Galactus standing above the Bachelor Center and you're just like, Oh fuck. <laughs> you know, you're like, damn it. Before before Galactus shows up though, the kids, the Future Foundation did it. They figured it out how to make Ben Grimm human. hmm For a week. A week For a year. A week. a week a year he gets it. And so he gets to have this moment, you know? Um, and so it's, it's important because Ben doesn't have his powers. Ben doesn't. But, they, he get, but Johnny takes him out. They go to a ball game. They see Giants versus Eagles. They walk on the street. No one looks. They go to the dinner at Old Town Bar, which is a place I've been to many times in New York. But if you look at that table, they're sitting with Stan and Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the the the, uh, the poker game. All the stuff that Ben would want to do without the power. He even gets to beat up the New Yankee Street Gang, which is a bunch of hedge fund losers. Mm-hmm. Very funny. 
Um, and then he gets to go spend time with Alicia as not rock. Like it is the perfect day for him. It's yeah, and, and again, it's that thing of you know Johnny's an asshole. Johnny's always poking poking at Ben and stuff like that. Like I love when Ben takes a former the first time and Johnny freaks out, goes, "Oh my gosh, it's horrible! What have they done to you?" <laughs> He's, he looks in the mirror to him like. Hey, yo, but I got you right. He's like, oh, Johnny, I'm gonna fucking kill you. You know, he's mad. He goes, no, look again, dickhead. Right, mad at <laughs> but 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 it's also this thing of it's love, right? It's family. Like Johnny does this stuff to Ben, but only Johnny can do that to Ben. Right? That's his brother. That's his brother. Like this is family. We can do this. It's like having the annoying young brother that you want to kick his ass every time. It's like I'm gonna fucking kill you. He's just throwing fireballs at me instead. Right? <laughs> As they're leaving Alicia's, they see Galactus and they go right back into true brother mode. Johnny, go. I'll catch up and and Ben takes the car. But what does Johnny say as he flies off? You better not scratch my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As he flies to Galactus, floating above their home. Mm-hmm. Still a dickhead. Right. And, and then we get. Yeah. There's some logical holes here that get filled in later. I love the fact that like Blackie shows up and Surfer brings him, and then Reed later on is like, "Hey man, that took a lot of energy to do that. Like, what's going on here? We need to talk about your son." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have a confrontation. I didn't want there to be a confrontation. I need to get out of there as soon as possible. We need to talk about your son. His powers <laughs> are back, and now we now we are his powers back. But he's aware that his powers are back, right? And that's a fucking problem. And again, we see that several different times. And and you get, like I said, you get that logical um, connection later on because, and we'll talk about this when they're they're defending against the analysis wave coming through the, the, the negative zone. And, and Leach keeps saying, punch, punch, punch. And you're figuring out, he's like, oh, that's right. And Johnny goes, what the fuck is going on? Why do you want you to knock him out? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Did you ever figure out why that Leach, had, Leach has the room with... Uh, why dad had Leech uh, rooming with um, Franklin? Because Franklin's powers are back, <laughs> you know. And so it was like it's like one of the failsafes to keep it so Franklin can't use his powers. It's like yeah, you stick him in the in the room. With, You've noticed if you were paying attention, Uncle Johnny. Yeah, and it's like come on, and, it's, and you, you got to go back and like yeah, come on, Johnny. There's a toy gun he shot he shot at um, Norman with, and it had real bullets when you were at the um, mm-hmm. when you at the arcade and and the. In the in the damn uh uh, uh um dinosaur, you you, mm-hmm. you got come on man, Frank's got his powers back. It's a fucking problem for all of us, you know. So but I love that even that like you're watching Johnny be a dickhead. Mm-hmm. But what does Franklin's future Franklin say? Or Val says you're some of my favorite superhero. Mine's still the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is funny because there's a whole thing with with uh, leading to that with with, with Spider Man like the the Franklin's the the uh, the Johnny's uh, Spider Man thing is so great like he's it's just, so good yeah because Spider Man oh. actually does show up for uh, show up for Franklin's birthday party it is great it is funny and, and Johnny's just like Johnny's just over there steaming going like just oh. the bitterest man alive just, <laughs> he's okay, like, interested in me Ugh. yeah he's, he's he's just guy. couldn't just couldn't just show up like a regular couldn't use the front fucking door like. <laughs> Like you said, you know, my still the uh, future Franklin, my still the human torch, right? So, so uh, yeah, go ahead. no, go ahead. I'll just say, Sue's in Atlantis, old Atlantis, reads in space, Ben has no powers, and someone opened a door because Reed's out there because the Galactus team, New World, has to be destroyed because they destroyed him in the future. Makes sense, a little preemptive pruning, but. Someone opens the door to the negative zone. 
Well, some so first of all, something they added, translocation versus teleportation. Mm-hmm. Hickman started just sprinkling in translocation, and I haven't seen the word teleportation appear in a Marvel comic since. Mm-hmm. Um, so the negative zone, uh, the negative, I guess, the priests of anti-life invade the Baxter building. They set a bomb, and they open up the door to the negative zone. But Which- because... Reed's filled this place with powered kids. It's not just Johnny versus these bugs. It's Johnny and Alex Power. <laughs> well, I, it is, there's a couple of other things, too, that I liked about this. Like, again, Hickman's total understanding about what's happened in the where where you're currently at in the Marvel, Marvel Universe is so unmatched. And it's so it's, it's a level of detail. It's a detail about, well, why did the shield fail? Why were they able to blow it up? It's like, well, um, Reed had to replace the shield. The shield used to be built with vibranium, but at this point, and you can go back and listen to our, I think our prior Doom series and mm-hmm. Black Panther series, where we talk about when um, the vibranium of this earth went inert. So vibranium was, it, 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 you couldn't use it, right? And, and it wouldn't be strong enough. So he had to replace it. So they were like, yeah, we think they're going to hold. Oh, wait, no, they're doing something different. So it didn't hold. But the vibranium on the other side of the negative zone could hold because it wasn't affected by the other vibranium going inert. It's like that level of fucking detail is so easy to ignore. But you have it there, and it makes all the matter in the world. But even the de- like you said, like the detail, but again, the details within the story as well, where they're giving you the timestamp of when all this is happening. Mm-hmm. So and And so... Just full disclosure, when this book originally came out, the, the ARC 3 was announced as one of the Fantastic Four will die. They put them all in very dire straits. Mm-hmm. They put Reed on the other side of the, of the sun trying to save a destroyed planet. You got Sue trying to fend off what could be a, a band of militant Atlanteans versus psychopathic dickhead Namor. <laughs> You've got Johnny, who's babysitting Ben Grimm, who has no powers. We're all basing the kids for being invaded by the negative zone. And when I tell you 588 to this, and all the fallout issues, like there's a bunch of issues after that, 588 kills me. To this day, it's a tough read. Oh, it's in silence at the, the beginning. Oh. Because, well, we, we skipped over the big thing is Johnny. Yeah, you're doing that. So, so it's yeah. hard. It's it's it, it sucks. Man. It's a really well done because because it, because it's so well done because you know you're sitting there trying to they're trying to figure it out and 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 Val's like somebody has to stay behind. They go through the portal because they know they got to close it. They're fending off the the analysis wave, and they're like somebody has to stay on the side to make sure the portal closed. And so Ben's like, all right, cool. I guess it's me. All right, you kids get get the kids through, go through there. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then Johnny pushes him and the kids through going like, nah, man, this is what I was meant to do. This is what, you know, read, new, read it. And again, you go back, Reed did have this conversation with Johnny because he had gotten on Johnny before for leaving the, the negative zone portal open the, the first time. And so... Johnny's like, nope, this is my t- this is my last stand. I'm gonna go through this until so Johnny stays on the other side, facing down the analysis horde. And it is wow. Because then you get the you get you, 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 you know, the Avengers are on the way, everybody everybody shows up too late. And you literally watch as Ben changes back into his rock form. Cause the 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 it, it wears off, changes back right as the portal is closing, as he watches the analysis wave come in. 
and and starts to 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 to, to over overwhelm Johnny. And yeah. Yeah. It's it's so powerfully written. Enter the access code 4321 which fuck you Hickman. <laughs> um, just oh buddy. Uh and then when when he says Ben's going to stay and Johnny throws him. Mhm. And then as Ben turns back into the thing as the wave arrives, Johnny says, unbelievable. And mm-hmm. they both look at each other through the, the lens and says, you don't wish it any more than I do. Mm-hmm. And he goes. A billion to one, you think I'm afraid of that? You think I'm afraid of that? And we just, we don't get to see it. They don't show it to us yet. They show it to us later. Mm-hmm. But we watched Ben watch him fall. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, John. And then 588 is the saddest book ever written. Yeah, because I mean, it starts with just silence. You get everything. There's I mean, no, there's, there's no words. There's no words in the book except for I think Sue says Sue sobs. Well, you, you want, or, yeah. Oh, Reed threatens Nihilus. Well, I think what it is is you get. Um, so maybe this is a longer version of Five Eighty. The one that's on Marvel Unlimited gives you the part with. Um, uh, it might combine some of the other, like you got Spider Man oh, talking Spider Man and uh, Franklin. Yeah. yeah, it gets Spider Man and Franklin and stuff like that. So that's that's the annual. Got you. So they tied. So on on um, Marvel Unlimited, they tie the annual into five eighty eight. Okay. So, so you, yeah. So the annual. So what happens is five eighty eight is an entirely silent issue until Frank until uh, Nathaniel shows up. Yeah. Um, the only so, words in the book. So what they? Oh, so that makes it even better. So what they do? Yeah. So what they do in the on, on Marvel Unlimited to make it even better? They splice in the uh, Franklin stuff. Right. I'm looking for it. Hold on. They, so what happens is it's a month of mourning. Day one is them all showing up. Day three, day four, they threaten them. I think it's day. I'm sorry. Yeah, they tie it in. They tie it in after after. So they do it tire. Okay. I I love I love uh, day 26 where it's it's a thing uh, in front of Thor and uh, and uh, as um Blake and Banner at Blake and Banner. Those are, yeah, that's who they're first. Yeah, as, as Blake and Banner, and they end up having a fight, and you can just tell it's it, he needed to get it out. And it ends with Hulk basically hugging a crying th- th- uh, thing as Thor also cries. Like, it's just, like you said, this is just a tough, tough It's a tough issue. issue. It's a tough issue. Like like, it's in- but before that happens, like you said, the day 14 is when you just see Spider-Man landing on the building to talk mm-hmm. to Franklin. And we get the full, that's what I love about what he does here. So many of these moments are flushed out later in the run. Yeah. You get, you, you get... You you get uh uh Sue in a literally in a, in a bubble and 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 not wanting to be touched and, and and Reed having to kind of wrap himself around it. Uh, he doesn't even say anything to uh, the analyst who shows up and, and holds up Johnny's uniform. Oh, he, he does. We get that conversation later. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We, but yeah, so a lot not, of these a lot of things we're seeing here, you'll get more of later. Yeah, you just, it, but it's like you said, it's a completely but, silent issue. Up to this point, mm-hmm. you have the Future Foundation to do those final replacements, and they have a bunch of people names on there. I, I do like the one that the, the one that's going to replace is not actually on the list right there. Um, but then she changed uh, a valor race and says the to do list kill Annihilus. <laughs> you know, um, yo, yeah, it it it's such a powerful thing. And then you end on 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 day twenty nine, and you have Reed sitting here in front of his monitor. List invasion from negative zone threat level high. Invasion from Universal and Humans, threat level high. Celestial invasion via bridge, medium. But like Talk to your daughter. Yeah. It's like mm, mm, <laughs> might want to move that one up a little bit. Franklin power set, threat level 
high. List. What kills me is that that's it. That's the end of the book. That's the rest of the run. Well, no, the, right, right, exactly, exactly. Galactus, the entire rest of the run right in front of you. Exactly. He told you it's gonna happen. Exactly. Uh, Galactus destruction of Earth. High. Reformation of the Council. Threat level necessary. And that's when it ends. And you get the first word. So it ends the, with, my God. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You, you, and that's where you get the end. Oh, yeah. And it's, and you literally end the first words of the book is, my God. Hello, son. I'm home. And it's Nathaniel Richards showing up. Like. Keeping him from, keeping him from reforming the council, too. Because ex- at that point, he's deemed the council necessary. Exactly. Like, again, again, every boy needs his father, right? Again, what, again, in this moment of you just lost family, how many times people do something that they later regret because of grief? And had the Thanos Richard not shown up exactly at that time, could he reform the council? Could he then go more into, I have to solve this even more by myself? I alone can solve this problem. Like, again, this is going to, this is where everything comes together. You start seeing it's like, oh, I, I get, I get it now. I see how this read is different because he has his dad, and it's some of it is just like so on the nose. It's because he has his dad that literally keeps him from doing dumb things, you know. Um, uh, it's also like, the example of like he's he's seen how to love, so he knows how to love better. And then we get the issue you touched on. I wasn't going to bring it up this one, but yeah, the annual, yeah, um, uncles, yeah, which. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, they 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 literally yeah, they literally throw it into the end of uh, five eighty eight, and I think it makes sense. Um, and mm. it's and it's Spider Man, you know, taking Franklin out for a swing, and just having a conversation about their uncles because it, it's one. Of, it, it, I part of me the the asshole part of me goes, huh? This is where this is where Zach Hunter got that shit, huh? Your uncle's name was Martha. It's like, yeah, no motherfucker, you got to earn that shit. Right? They had different names. Right. Ben and Johnny. I know. I know. I know. They killed. See, that's why, I, honest to God, reading the first time I was like, they killed Ben because Uncle Ben, they're going to do this again. Yeah. I was very upset about it. Yeah. But I, I love the, the most poignant part for me is um, near the middle, near the end of the, the, that book. Can I tell you something, Spider Man? Of course you can. I think I could have stopped Uncle Johnny from dying. Well, I'll keep your, I promise to keep it to myself. Can I tell you a secret? Uh huh. I know I could have stopped my uncle from dying. Mm hmm. Like it really? Why didn't you? Because I was young. Because I didn't understand how every single important, every single decision we make is. And it's hey, and just the close of hey, Spider Man. What was your uncle's name? His name was Ben. And you get the two of them in the clouds behind you. Like, mm-hmm. good God, man! Like, what are we doing? It's, it's, man, it's such an emotional oh, thing. Fuck. Like this is it's it's just so good. And it's so funny when you told me to read. We were we were on top of the death of Johnny Storm. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and for some reason, I thought. This had even more stuff in it, but this literally is just the setup. This is for the rest. Like, of the- <laughs> this is just when I go back and look at it. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the prelude. This is this is 18 issues in. Yeah, this is just 18 issues in. We just we've barely scratched the surface. I was like, wait a minute, we didn't get the War of the Four Cities yet. Nope. We just barely. Oh my goodness, we. We haven't done this. Because so we- the War of Four Cities ties into, and this is slight spoilers for next time, but the catastrophe theory of this, all these bad things are going to happen. We just mm-hmm. got to spread them out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, man. We'll talk more about, like, how Jonathan Hickman literally, like, crystallized some of the ways that I, like, approach game theory. Like, it's, I, this book, Hickman's stuff, for me, 
is the closest thing to like, oh, if I had my brain and like this talent, this is what I would write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's for me, it's people say, oh, it's he destroyed everything. Like, well, the, the, the message behind all the destruction is one of hope. Like, it's a, it's a very, like, we've talked about a lot of sad things this, this run, this episode. It's a very hopeful book. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah. It, it, it's so weird, but it, it it's basically that, you know, out of, the, out of any tragedy, you can find hope and you got to keep that. Right. And I think that's one of the things of, 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 of this book and how it works. And again, when you put it into the larger context of what we've seen Hickman do across the other stuff in the Marvel universe and how it all ties together, that's, what's been making it really interesting to reread the stuff for me is Oh wait, this is where he gets it from. This is what it matters, and and how all this stuff ties together, and why it matters, and things like that. Um, and it's just it's so much fun. It's when you start seeing and putting this together, and I swear to God, I can't get it out of my mind now. Hickman writing a fucking Iron Man book because it just makes sense. It I just, think he's too hopeful for Iron Man, and that's the only thing. Yeah, mm. That's the only thing. As we're talking about it during this episode, I'm like no. Oh. Maybe he's not the requisite cynicism. I say that, but the sexman thing has gotten. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm trying new things here. Um, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, man, I don't know. It's it's just incredible to me to see how all these things tie together, and it's one of those things that I've we've always said that hey, when you're a writer, you write your story, you you put the toys back in the box when you got them in. But Hickman always does it where he's one of the ones where I'm like, well. Maybe you don't need to put them back exactly the way they were. Maybe you don't. You put them back, but you're you're never closing it completely off to kind of go back and and, and revisit that thing well, that you seed and go for from there. And and he's one of the I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. At the end of this run, it feels like a lot of his larger concepts have gone back in the box. What he does is he puts things back in the box and he adds to the box. Yeah. Because the Council of Reeds is back in Venom. Yeah. Which is a weird sentence to say, but it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the ideas he seeded this world with are still coming to fruition. Oh, and I forgot. Oh, yeah, and right. I forgot. We got to start. Also, <sighs> do we read his his ultimate stuff this time, or do we read it during Avengers? We read it before Avengers. It's going to oh, be the interstitial between Avengers. Okay, and okay, got you. All right. Oh, I, 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 oh, oh, Chris, I, I, I you were. I, for, I forgot. I almost forgot about that shit. I was like, "Oh wait!" Then there's. Then he did the ultimate stuff, and I'm like, "And then again, when you can then take the ultimate stuff and then tie. Oh no, no, we're gonna. That's gonna matter in the main universe too. It all matters." And I'm like, "Wait, what? what you mean just for your crossover? <laughs> oh no, 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 we're gonna keep that. The character made super interesting. We're gonna keep him around forever. He's gonna terrify everyone." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like what? Yeah. In case you guys can't tell, we love these books we love john Dickman's writing and again like chris said keep saying the more you read it the more you're like wait a goddamn the more you're like i gotta pick up old books or new books or find out where this thing and, even started and because we'll, we'll, yeah we'll talk about this more when we get to the x-men stuff but like what's terrifying to me about the x-men stuff is now he's got a team of people doing the same thing because right the stuff up to this point it's like all right some people are, are doing hint uh, we're tying a little bit here and a little bit there blah 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 but for the most part Hickman, you can read the Hickman run and that's it. You just read the Hickman books and that's it. When you get over to X-Men, you're like, wait a minute. No, he's only writing X-Men. But like, you got to read Marauders. He's not reading X-Men anymore. He's not even writing X-Men when Jerry Juggins written that. He's yeah. writing yeah. Just Inferno and he's writing Trial... Oh, he's not even writing Trial Magneto. That's what, but if you look at every X-Book, it says Head of X, John Nick. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, so now you're like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, this is... I, I'm saying this in a, in a good way. 
this is worse. This is it's so much worse. Oh my gosh. So he's much. he's gotten he's gotten everybody to buy into the Hickman idea. And so what makes that in and the reason why this is worse, it's worse for our wallets. Because now it's like I could limit it to just these books here. Now I gotta read everything that everybody else is writing. Because again, and it, it, oh man, yeah. Yeah, if you can't tell, we love this shit. Very excited. Love this shit. And And um, I'm excited for because the the issue we just talked about, the the issue five eighty eight, it's the last year of Fantastic Four. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this this is the book on Hades for six months. Yeah. And then we go over to FF. So which is probably my favorite contribution he made. The the balls. Just short of six hundred to cancel the book. <laughs> and then bring it back with six hundred. So the next thing has a core issue will be six hundred. So numerically the FF issues fit there, but that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mm. Marvel gave him a lot of leeway with their biggest property. And that's one thing I really want to impress is that he when he got the book, there's his old there's a typeface above Fantastic Four that used to be on all the Fantastic Four books. And they, they took it off. And they asked him when he said, I want to, I'm, I'm getting Fantastic Four. And they said, do you want us to put that thing back on there? He says, no, I want to earn it. And I don't know if it's on 588, but I know it's on 600. It's definitely back there. World's greatest comic magazine. Mm-hmm. Fantastic <laughs> Four. He said, he said, it's important that I earn that, that distinction. Well, buddy, <laughs> you earned it, and I, and, I, and again, you're, you're we're seeing some of this stuff. This this is why people go, oh, man, they're gonna do another Fantastic Four movie, and I'm like, no, 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 guys, they're going they're to do, do the first one. They're gonna do the Fantastic Four movie, all right? Because the idea that first of all, just and we're talking about this in the mailbag, but some of the things we're seeing, some of these trailers, some of the ideas and content we're getting to, the fact that we're all leading up to the Fantastic Four, you you goddamn right we're pulling from the Hickman stuff. And for the record, I just checked all the covers for both issues. It's not on 588. It is on 600. Mm. World's greatest content magazine. Listen, listen, guys. Like <laughs> This thing had a you, mission to yeah. restore the luster, and right. he did it. Yeah, listen, if... It, 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 this is why I'm so excited for the for 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 the future of the MCU because like when you tell me we're doing Fantastic Four and I start seeing some of the things like the TVA Kang and all these mm-hmm. things creeping, in, I start seeing time travel and multiverse and we're we're doing these big these big concepts and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, guys! I've seen this before. This is going to be great, and if you can do a quarter. An eighth of what Hickman has done in the books. You can give me some of that on the live screen. Into my veins, please. Come on. There's, there's, a, there's a few things I still want. You know, they gave me the Avengers, Avengers Assemble moment. I'm still waiting on, obviously, to me, my X-Men. But, like, honestly, also up there, Johnny Storm hitting that Fantastic Force on the air, yo. Like. The Fantastic Flare, man. Yo, you, you give me that? Listen, we cooking. We cooking, man. Like because you know when we get them, we know when we get those moments. They're gonna be earned, like they earned that Avengers Assemble moment. Nigga, I watched Age of Ultron this weekend, and his motherfucker ends with Avengers, and you see him start to say it. Right. Oh, these teasing motherfuckers. Right. Right. But when you finally get it, it's so fucking earned. You're like, goddamn right. And so you give me those other moments. Oh man, listen. I'm going through my notes for the uh, for the rest of this. 
I want to say right now, I was very nice to Jeff Loeb when I talked about Intelligentsia or whatever that stupid Fall of Hulk storyline was. When we get to the Ultimates, and I have to talk about Jeff Loeb in Ultimatum, I'm not going to be as nice, and I apologize <laughs> for none of it. I just want to say that right now, because I forgot in your Ultimatum, and so, yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. We will be back soon. Um, I we do we want to do? I know we talked about this before. Do we want to do a, a Shang Chi um character corner for the movie coming out soon? This is going to be one of the ones where I have to do a bunch of research. So yes, let's do it. All right, cool. It might not be right after the movie, so we might end up doing part two of this before we do that, since we will have to do a bunch of research on the Shang Chi stuff. But we will try to get that that in there as well in uh, the month of September, since the movie is coming out. And I'm hearing is is very good. I will have to try to figure out when I'm going to see it. Um, I'm going into a theater in the middle of a day. I've already decided. Very smart. So, um, but yeah, folks, uh, we'll be back. We got more stuff coming on the Character Corner. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, Character Corner, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Again, leave us a five star review on iTunes. Excuse me, and we will read it on air. So, again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.